Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning, all. It's great to see you and great to be with you today, you who are in person, and then you guys who are uh, online. uh, Welcome to the Vine. And we are finishing up today our series called Prepare. We've been in Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, we've been looking at this whole idea of being equipped in God's word for this journey to flourish in God's grace. And so uh, as we've looked at this series, we've seen that uh, one tool that we want to use around here is called comma. You might have lots of Bible study tools, but we're asking you today and in our study groups and and across our church from the wee little ones all the way to, uh, you know, the 80-year-olds, that we would use this tool called comma. And it's just one way to dig into the Word of God, but we want to do it together. And comma is an acronym that stands for this. Comma, C is? Yes, context. O is? You got it. M is? M is? An M is, an A is, application. In the first service, they had to do it without the slide. And they did very well. So, uh, so uh, that's comma. And um, we're going to be looking at this throughout this year and just trying to help you in your own personal journey and in, as a church, as a community of faith, to really flourish in God's grace as we deep dive more and more into the Word of God. And when you're prepared in the Word of God, there's great things He does. He changes our mind, He changes our heart, and He changes our hands. Or another way of saying that, our hands, He changes the way we live. Now, last week, Pastor Tim did an awesome job teaching us about why prepare. And we saw that uh, back in the verses, right before verses 17 through 19. And it was wonderful. But today we're going to look at, as we conclude, what does it mean like for us to live it out, to actually be the hands and feet of Christ? So this is what we're going to be looking at today as we look into God's Word. If you have your Bibles or your handhelds, please turn with me to Ephesians Chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. And again, it's important to see the Word of God so that you can see the context by which we're in the Word. So bring your Bibles, bring your handhelds. And uh, yeah, we'll have it on the screen, but we want you to dig in together with us. So this is God's holy Word. Thanks be to Him alone. Verse 17, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness, their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. 
You know, uh, as we look at this passage today, you see that word walk in verse 17. And as you think about the word walk and walking in life, most of the time we don't even have to think about it. But you know, you get a little older, you gotta start thinking about it, right? My dad could agree with that just a little bit more. He's an agile guy, but he's gotta think about it a little more. Uh, but I remember uh, years ago when I was at Wheaton College, I, I had tore four ligaments in uh, my right knee. And uh, it was back in the day, they weren't so good in putting it back together. And the, the doctor surgeon said, I'm not sure you're gonna even walk right again. So I rehabbed every day, you know, got ready, worked like crazy on the weights. And you know, when you first, when you first, but you first get your surgery done and you feel that knee, you're like, I'm never gonna walk again, right? That's what it feels like. But finally, you know, as I worked through this and I worked out every day, I got back and I actually played crazy man. I didn't pay me for this three more years of football. So that was crazy. But, uh, you know, uh, but walking is so important. How do you how do you walk and how are you walking in your life? You know, you come down to a pond or a, a, a little lake and you see this brown slithering thing with a diamond looking head. And some of you may want to avoid that, right? Because you don't like snakes, especially copperheads, poisonous snakes. I hate snakes. And uh, maybe you do too. And it causes you to think about where and how you are walking in your life. And so how are you thinking about your walk in, in your life? And what does it mean to walk? Here the word walk in verse 17 means to actually live. Um, some years ago, my, Lizanne and I, my wife and I, read this little book. It's, it's pretty good. It's by Watchman Nee. And the title of it, it's, it's about the book of Ephesians. And it's got the outline of Ephesians. He, he outlines it with three words. Here's how you can outline the book of Ephesians. First word is this, sit. And he's talking about sitting in the heavenly places and living in your identity in Christ and in the doctrines of God. And that's chapters one, two, and three. And then we come to chapter four, and then you see verse number one. It says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. So the second word is walk. And that's chapters four and five. Walk, sit, walk. And the last, the last word is this. Is we see it in Ephesians 6, 14. Stand, sit, walk, Stand, right? Can you say that to me? Here with me. Sit, walk, stand. And when it says the word walk in scripture, and especially here in Paul, he means how you live. So walk means how we live. It's how we live. And so we are going to learn today as we look at this, what are some of the, as we walk or we live, we're going to run into certain things called pitfalls, struggles, and how do we live in a different way to avoid those pitfalls in our life? And we're going to see from this passage, this one, one liner is this, is you will face pitfalls, but you don't have to step into them, right? You can walk or live in a different way. And so the first thing we're going to see from this passage is that we need to be alert to pitfalls. 
You know, as we think about the comma, right? The C stands for what? Context. And so the context of the church at Ephesus, who, to whom the letter of Ephesians was written to, is this. It was a crazy cosmopolitan city. Some were living like, we see in verse 17, like Gentiles. And he's not talking about a race or a color of skin there. He's talking about non-Christians versus Christians. The Gentile world, when he said Gentiles here, Paul means non-Christian and non-Christian thinking. And so as he talks about this, he, he tells us the context is we see that it's a busy, diverse, wealthy melting pot of people in different nations. And there's many false gods in Ephesus. And just one of them is the goddess Artemis or Diana to whom there was built this temple that seated 25,000 people. You know, that was massive for that day. So the context is this is a, this is a busy, multi-religion, multi-ethnic pretty wealthy community. And it sounds sort of like our community today, right? It's what we face in our lives. And so our context is this. We, we, we just like them, need to learn to, what are the pitfalls? So a couple of the pitfalls we want to look at here are in, we find the first one in verse 17. And the verse 17, it says there that the to, that we must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, the non-Christians, non-Christian thinking, in the futility of their minds. Now notice this. The word futility means that we, it's vain, like in the book of Ecclesiastes, or worthless, or meaningless. And again, it didn't mean that they didn't make lots of money, they weren't popular, they were maybe very popular, but they did not have real life. They didn't have real purpose. They didn't have the life centered in Christ. And he's saying here to, uh, he's not just writing to non-Christians, he's writing to the church. He's saying many of you, some of you, have been falling into this futility of your minds. Your thinking is stinking. You've got bad thinking and you're falling back into this bad stuff. And so Paul is saying, that's a pitfall. You start thinking like the world, you're gonna start thinking in a way that's not gonna bring you the life that you really desire. And it wouldn't be bring you the life of the, and the glory to God. So we see that first of all, a first pitfall is the futility of our bad Thinking, And it's not just bad, just wrong. It's morally opposed to almighty God. And so futility of mind. Secondly, we see in verse 18 this. Notice this, I'm gonna read it. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So these Gentiles, non-Christians were this way and he's saying, you gotta be careful, guys. You don't want to be alienated from God. Some of you are non you Christians are thinking and your understanding has become darkened. And the phrase I want you to look at for just a moment is, is the end of verse 18 where it says, due to their hardness 
of heart. Hardness of heart. That word hardness means, can be translated blindness. They didn't see the pitfalls. Their hearts, which is really their desires, it's the central core of who a person is, is your heart. So not just in their thinking, but in the center core of what they desired, they were blind to what was really the the, the trap they were going to fall into. And you see, we as Christians can be that same way. We can be blind to this stuff because we're hardened. This word um, hardness is literally used as a callus that's formed when a bone is broken and it heals up and it's actually stronger than the bone itself. It's really hard. And we can really be hardened, even as Christians, in, in our understanding and, or our desires of our heart. And that's a huge pitfall. You see, Christians can fall into the same non-Christian thinking. And the result of falling into a pitfall, are, we see it a little later in, in Ephesians 4. It says this, anger, Ephesians 4.26, unrighteous anger. Unwilling to work, which Paul calls stealing, Ephesians 4.28. Not restraining your mouth, Ephesians 4.29 through 31. And then unwillingness to forgive, Ephesians 4.32. So how is it that we avoid the pitfalls, right? You don't want to fall into stinking thinking. You don't want your desires to be ignorant and hardened against God and darkened? No, we don't want any of that. So how do we avoid those kinds of pitfalls? And we all face these, right? Including me and my thinking and my desires. And in Ephesians 5, 15, in this same beautiful letter, Paul writes this, look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. That word carefully is the old English word circumspectly. (laughs) And okay, kids, you ready for this? Try to do this with me five times in a row. Barton kids, help me out. We're going to say circumspectly five times in a row really fast. You ready? Circumspectly, 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 circumspectly. That's a mouthful, right? (laughs) Now, what does circumspectly mean? Well, well, it means to be, it's from the Latin word that means to be cautious. And, and the word cautious, can all, it all, circumspectly, can also mean to do, a desire to avoid mistakes and bad consequences. Now look, if you have a surgeon and he's doing brain surgery on you, you want a surgeon who lives and operates circumspectly right? You want someone who's cautious and who avoids the pitfalls. And it's, you don't want something like this guy. So check out this video for just a moment. Ever work for Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Yeah. Mm. I want circumspectly. Not that guy. 
And you don't want that guy either. So we want to have someone who's cautious, who's careful, who knows how to avoid the pitfalls. Because guys, you will face pitfalls, but you don't have to step in them. You've got to be alert to those pitfalls. But secondly, live in your identity as a child of God. And we see this in Ephesians 4, verse 20. It says there, but that is not the way you learn Christ. You know, um, <clears throat> you can learn lots of stuff from a person, but you may not kind of like embrace the person, the teacher, right? Well, for example, uh, you know, parenting, growing God, kids God's way used to be a big deal. And then there were some there's some issues with the founders there of that group. And so people love the principles, but maybe didn't love the person who founded the principles. Or, you know, it could happen all the time. That you, you know, you can embrace some teaching, but maybe not the teacher. And so, so here we see in this passage, you can reject the teacher, so to speak, and still receive or be helped by the teach, teaching in, uh, in some things. But listen, Think about Christ and Christianity. You cannot reject Christ and then receive or believe in biblical Christianity. You know, the two go together. The two are absolutely vital. We are, as this passage says, to learn Christ. As you get to know and love Christ, and we will grow in the word of God, in a biblical Christianity. And you can't separate the two. And friends, this is happening all over, really, um, this is happening all over the church. There are some people they want, they don't want the doctrine of hell or the wrath of God because it's, I mean, those aren't the pleasant doctrines, right? And they reject those doctrines, but they want Jesus. But listen, You've got to take the whole of what the scripture teaches. You can't just say, I want Jesus and I want him how I want him and I'm going to cut out this part of the Bible. We've got to take the whole thing. Christ and biblical Christianity must marry together. That's how talking what Paul's saying about you learned Christ. And so, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, Lizanne and I watched this great documentary it's called the american gospel please write it down go 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 rent it it's really worth it netflix amazon prime and get the get um, the version of christ crucified the american gospel christ crucified it exposes how some some so-called progressive christians reject vital biblical doctrines like the atonement of jesus now, do you guys know what the atonement is? I'll tell you, it's, it's, the atonement is how our sins are covered by the work of Jesus and him alone and how we are saved. But they say, we don't want that. We want Jesus, who's a Jesus of love. Look at, you can't have both. They try to say Jesus is good, but biblical Christianity is not. And that's a lie. We've got to trust and believe. We've got to say what Paul says here, here in verse number 20, but that is not the way you learned Christ. But 20, 21 goes on to teach us more about 
living in our identity. And it says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. As we see here, this passage here, that Paul is saying that Jesus is both the content or the lesson where it says, you have heard about him, and he's also the teacher. You were taught in him. Paul is saying here that even though he's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, years after Jesus died, probably about 30 years later, and rose from the dead, and Jesus ascended into heaven. And yet Paul strongly states this, that it is Jesus who is both your content and your teacher. So how how is that possible? How, How can he be both? Well, a couple reasons from the scriptures. We know that. First of all, he's the content because we know he's the living word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is what? Living and active. It it is the living word of God that we have. And so we trust and rely the word of God. We don't exalt the Bible to be God. It is a character quality of God though. And we honor it and we trust it and we put our life under its submission to the word of God. It is living and it will give you life. But secondly, not only do we have the word of God, we have the God of the word in us. Do you know that if you're a Christ follower, you have God in you, right? You have the Holy Spirit. Jesus, right before he he was betrayed in the upper room, his, his last words in essence to his disciples, in John chapter 14, verse 26, you know what he told them? He said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to send to heaven. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit into you. The Spirit, really, my Spirit is going to be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. He's going to come dwell in you and make his home in you. And that Spirit is going to do what? John 14, 26 says, teach you all things. We have The Holy Spirit in his church, those of us that know Christ. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. And we have the living, active word of God. And all of that teaches us and shows us Jesus. That's why Paul could write here in verse 21 this, that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. That little, those little phrases, in him and in Jesus aren't just throwaway phrases. Very important. He's talking about the vital, intimate relationship you have with God through Jesus Christ. He's saying you're in him. You can't be removed. You are centered in Jesus. He is the person you have ultimate, intimate relationship with him. Even when you don't feel it, He is with you and you are in him. And so we're learning, we're gonna be growing this next year to learn how to walk, to live in that vital union, which is really our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. When we become Christ followers, you become a child of God. No longer an enemy, but a child. And that's why Paul could write in Ephesians 5, 2, 
and walk in love as Christ loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Isn't <laughs> that great? You're to walk, which means what, church? Live, live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to Jesus. You see, we need strength and power from God to live for him. From Jesus to live for Jesus. This is what he gives us. Our identity is centered in Jesus' rescuing work and how he loved us with his ultimate love. And when Jesus gave his life for us, his deepest act of love and sacrifice, the deepest act of love and sacrifice in history of the world, he gave to us. He died on the cross. He took our penalty. He did take the wrath of God. He did free us so we could know God's complete love and be in intimate union with him in relationship. And because Jesus gave us the ultimate sacrifice, we get this brand new identity. We are, those of us who are children of God and believe in Christ and his work alone, we are his sons and daughters. Praise be to his name. And because of our new identity, we can live differently. Our thinking, our minds, our hearts, our desires, and our hands and the way that we walk, the way that we live should be different. You and many of you are his sons and daughters. And if you don't know Christ's love, whether you're here in person or you are online, we just want to invite you to come to know this great Savior. There's never a greater gift you could ever be given. But are you ready and just humbly to say, Jesus, I turn from my way of life and put my trust in you and you alone. And Christian, we need to do that every day. We need to learn to center constantly our lives in this beautiful Jesus to live in our identity as a child of God. That's just another way of saying that. So practically, as you think about this, how do you avoid walking or falling into the pitfalls of life? And so what we want to do this, this new year is this 2020, 2021 ministry years to teach, to prepare you, right? We looked at it, we've been looking at Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, where shepherds and teachers, those are your pastors, Mark, pastor, Tim's a pastor. Isn't Tim Barton amazing? He's running the, the, the pro presenter. Now, I mean, what a pastor, man. <laughs> he goes from preaching to pro presenter. What a dude. Thank you, Tim. And then me, I mean, we just, you just got to do what you got to do in COVID, man. And, and the, uh, but, but our job is to equip you to make you sufficient, to make you sufficient in the word of God, to train yourself so you can dig deeply and know the word of God. We want you to mine the beautiful truths of God's word for you and together we're gonna do this in community. And so 
Uh, today, just in a few minutes, we're gonna transition to what we call vision renewal. And vision renewal is gonna be like, we're gonna be unpacking our, this focus of preparing you all for, for being equipped in God's word and for the work of ministry. And so that you will be empowered in that way and God's gonna do some great things as we all say yes What's my role in it? What's my part in this? God, how can I take this next step of growing and knowing your word and knowing you and becoming this minister of the gospel? You see, the reality is, church, is this today, is you will face pitfalls, but you don't have to step into them. You can live differently. So let's invite God to do some new things, some great things, some powerful work in our minds, hearts, and the ways that we walk and live together. Let's pray. Father, we just praise you this day and thank you, Lord, for your wonderful grace. Thank you that you, Lord God, are are the one who gives us your word. You give us your Holy Spirit. And Jesus, you've done the beautiful work of, of dying for us, being a, ascending to heaven. And someday soon, you're gonna come. So we say, come quickly, Lord. We need your help. We need your help in COVID. We need your help in our families. We need your help in our jobs. We need our help in our thinking, in our desires and our actions, the way we live. So Lord, we just wanna take a moment to just confess our sin, not to beat ourselves up, but to be freed because guys, if you're a Christ follower, he's already forgiven you. What you're saying is I'm agreeing with God what he's already done. And I wanna walk in the freedom for which Christ has set me free. So let's take a moment and answer this question. Jesus, Jesus, what pitfall have I been falling into? Can you just ask the Lord that for just a moment? Jesus, what pitfall have I been falling into? Confess that to the Lord. Tell him what you've been struggling with. We all struggle with sin, though we're growing in knowing him and righteousness. So don't, so don't be blown away. We're, just confess to him, God, I'm struggling with this. I want to turn from it. Help me, Lord, with your strength to do so. So Lord, we thank you here in person and online that you are a great savior, rescuer, and you've come, Jesus has come. He's done all the work. He's given us his Holy Spirit and his word. And Lord, you would just prepare us this year 
deepen us in these days of our life that we would be the ministers, the servant leaders for Christ. Thank you, Lord. We now receive once again the forgiveness of our sins and we thank you for you. And so church and those online, if you're a Christ follower and you've confessed your sin, I as a minister of the gospel now declare you are free and clean in Jesus. You are whole because of Christ. Walk no longer in your sin, but in looking to Jesus by faith in your identity as a child of God. Amen and amen. Amen. And so, church, as we come to the Lord's Supper, and those who are online, if you, you are not able to take it now, well, we'd lo- let us know. Go to our website, sign up. We'll have an elder or a pastor come serve you communion. But Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he said to his disciples as he broke it, he said, Disciples, this is my body. I give it to you. Take it, eat, all of you. So today, if you're a Christ follower, you've professed your faith to the church, meaning in our context, it's to our elders in membership. And you have sought forgiveness of sins. You've repented today. Let's come to the table boldly. Jesus says, this is my body. I have done the work for you. Take it, eat. Receive my grace. Thank you, Lord. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Come, come y'all, come. You're weary, you're heavy laden, come. Taste and see that I am good, that I can provide you life. No other way will lead you to life that I can lead you to. Take, drink. This is for you. Amen. Let's drink together. Thank you so much, God. Thank you for your grace, your work, your mercy, your love, your power. How wonderful you are, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God, in his goodness, allows us to worship. And, and uh, one way we worship is through our giving. And uh, there's just several ways to give at our church. And you can see, you can go to our website. You can, go, you can give text to give. You can give online or you can mail it in. Uh, and, and 
you can find that all at our website at thevinecc.com. And there's boxes as you go out. If you have a physical gift, you can just place them in those boxes. Thank you so much. Uh, again, God's provided mightily for the vine. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. It's through your people you are working and you're giving them generous spirits. Thank you, Lord. And uh, so uh, we just also want you to know that as we uh, respond today and to, uh, after the service, we're going to go outside and we're going to have vision renewal. Jordan's going to tell you about that in just a moment. But uh, as there's a tent out here for just a few minutes because we're having vision renewal. There'll be a pastor in the tent. If you're brand new, you'd like to meet the, the, uh, the pastor. One of, it will be actually probably me. And uh, I'd love to meet you right out here in this tent. And uh, also, uh, just let us know if you'd like to stay for vision renewal. We'll see if, we, if there's an extra box lunch. We'll check that out. Uh, we'd love to have you stay for that as well. So uh, as we finish right now, uh, stay seated. We're going to do what's called the blessing today. It's usually, right, sending, right? Today is going to be the blessing and staying. Because <laughs> Jordan's going to come out and give some announcements. So as we come to, to uh, this benediction, this blessing and staying, this is the word of God. May he powerfully work in each one of your lives as we bless I bless you and you just stay in your seats for just a few moments and we'll give you instructions may the grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord Amen Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.